Welcome to the ATS RCMB podcast. With us today is Professor Melanie Koningshoff. She is a professor in the Division of Pulmonary Sciences and Critical Care Medicine at the University of Colorado. She is also the chair of the RCMB, and today she'll be talking about ATS 2019. Before you know it, ATS 2019 will be here and the deadline to submit abstracts to ATS is rapidly approaching. That deadline is October 31st. And so in advance of that deadline, we are here with the new RCMB chair, Melanie Koningshoff, who will talk to about some of the scientific programming to anticipate at ATS 2019. Welcome to the podcast, Melanie. Thanks for having me, Noah. So um, what is the mission of the RCMB and why is it so important? So RCMB, just to start with, is the Respiratory Cell and Molecular Biology Assembly of ATS, and it's really home for MD and PhD, as well as MD-PhD researchers, and also trainees across the whole world. So we really actually have a broad participation and membership, and we are all engaged in basic and transnational research. So our mission, if you so want, really is to highlight basic and transnational research, and we have a very active grassroots assembly, actually, which I really like because our members really can contribute to our program and make sure that we highlight all the new cutting-edge and high-impact research with respect to chronic lung disease research that is ongoing. And this is very important because our chronic lung diseases, for many of them, we at the moment don't really have satisfying treatment options, if we have any. But Basic mechanisms and understanding of basic mechanisms is very important, and then we can think about how to translate these into clinical scenarios. So for me, I like to really see RCMB as a perfect pipeline to generate new ideas and to highlight new ideas that we can then develop further to cure lung disease in the future. So um, for you personally, uh, why is the RCMB assembly uh, important to you, or, or maybe why is ATS in general important to you? Oh, I mean, for me, ATS, uh, you know, it was one of the first major conferences I went to, um, and it was as a fellow, so when I did also my, my PhD, basically, and it was really like, you know, like you meet like everybody who is within your research field is there. So it's really the perfect opportunity not only to discuss your science and to learn about other people's science and get feedback to your own, but really to network and get to know the people and put faces and names together. And RCMB, as my research is more in basic international research, was really, really a perfect fit. And what I was really impressed with from the start on was how supportive the community is and how open we have discussions within that community. So many of my collaborators that I still have, you know, that I still have ongoing collaborations with, I met for the very, very first time at ATS, and some of them are also close friends of mine by now. So I feel that this was really something for me also decisive in terms of, you know, do I really want to build a career in this field? You also need to know, you know, like, who is your community? And that was an important community for me to, to experience. And, and RCMB, I really feel that as an early career stage already, you can be very active. You can contribute to the scientific programs, submit proposals, getting involved in sharing poster sessions and everything, which is very important in terms of really um, getting your network and your collaborative um, research moving forward. Um, so do you remember the first time you gave a talk at ATS? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, my very first ATS was 2005. That was a thematic poster session. Um, and 2006 actually was my second ATS when I, when I gave my first talk. Yeah, I, 
I still remember that very well. It was quite exciting because, again, like a lot of people in the room where I've read a lot of papers about and you know the research, so I was a little bit scared maybe also at the beginning, um, but it was really great just to see that, you know, people, how they are interested in what you're doing and also give you feedback. I have to say, you know, Dean Shepard asked me an experimental question, which I still have not answered. <laughs> so we're still working on that. He's interested in integrins, and the integrin part of that project at that time, we were interested in a multicellular protein. We haven't figured out yet, but I'm still working on that. But sometimes, you know, like I'm, I always remember Dean asking that question in the audience uh, after I gave my first talk, yeah. So um, every year there's a theme uh, uh, for the science, and uh, what is the theme this year? So we have basic science course, right? So the basic science core topic this year is cell lineages and fate and their implications for human lung health and disease. Tell me a little bit more about uh, cell lineages. What, what does that mean? So if we're talking about cell lineages, it basically means we look at the origin of cells and try to trace them back to the early stages and how the cells was looking like in an early stage. It's basically the... You know, it's a, the way of an undifferentiated cell type to a differentiated cell type. And an undifferentiated cell type, you know, like for, are, for example, stem or progenitor cells, and these are cells that then develop further and can commit to a specific lineage so that, for example, within the lungs, they become an alveolar epithelial cell or they become an airway epithelial cell, and there are different subtypes actually in between. And this is something that really has gained a lot of interest over the past couple of years, mainly also because we have had the technology become available to look into different cell phenotypes and also to try to better understand what are the different subpopulations that we have within a lung. And while we're still trying to understand under normal lung development and also normal lung lifespan, if you so want, how these cells change and where they're coming from. We know that we have very diverted and very impaired phenotypes within a diseased lung, for example. And one technology I would like to highlight here is single cell RNA sequencing, which really has had a huge push in the recent years and where we have and are currently learning so much about different cell subpopulations. And there will be a postgraduate course, for example, at ATS in the coming in the coming um, conference organized out of RCMB where we will highlight the methodology, technology, but also the recent findings about that. Uh, that sounds amazing. Um, how, how, do you see, how do you see our understanding of cell lineages evolving uh, in a way that one day we'll be able to help patients? I believe when we're looking into different subpopulations, what we have experienced in the past is always that if we're thinking about treatment, that we go very broad and that we, you know, we are not very specific. So learning more about subpopulations, that would also mean that, for example, we would be in the future be able to target these cell types much more specifically. For example, we have initial data, not, not our lab, but in general the community, in pulmonary fibrosis that we have intermediate phenotypes of cells it seems like that there are cells which are stuck in the middle of their normal differentiation, so they have a very, you know, like weird phenotype and cell state. And if we understand these cells a little bit better and know what defines them, we can hopefully find something specific to target these cells um, that also would help us in curing the disease. And the other aspect I really would like to highlight here is because cell lineage and fate seems like very 
endogenously looking only at cell at the cells itself. I think it's very important that we have learned a lot over the past years that the microenvironment, meaning other cell types, but also the extracellular matrix, for example, they really determine specifically in a disease situation, you know, how these cells change and if they are able to commit to their, you know, like physiological lineage or not. So if we are able to understand also a little bit better this interaction between different cell types and also cells and the extracellular matrix, for example, we can also find new ways of hopefully getting targets and development, develop better therapies for our patients. So it sounds like this year's scientific uh, topic encompasses a lot from uh, the development of the lung to cell-cell uh, interactions in the lung to the way the cells interact with, with the matrix. Um, and so, uh, you know, it sounds like there are lots of possibilities for people to apply for abstracts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's also always the aim within the basic science core. You know, like we, we obviously need to have a focus, but, yeah, just by the two of us talking about all these different options and what it really means, it becomes very clear that you can tackle the question about cell images and state from a lot of different aspects. And even highlighting that you have another model, for example, to look at this, or just a specific disease angle that you're interested in. Even immune cell interactions, for example, that we haven't talked about so much about, is something that we, that we would like to see. And I think that's also important to realize that, you know, RCMB interacts very closely also with the other assemblies together. So obviously what we're doing moving forward is we talk to other assemblies, and I just say AI because of the immune side that I just mentioned, to see that we can really program all of the research that, um, that is um, submitted within the abstract. So really there is, there is, you know, there is room for everybody in that, in that era. So the basic science core topic, cell images and status, you know, it's one part of what we highlight um, at the at the Congress, but obviously, you know, like there's a lot of more interest and a lot of more research that we would like to present and that we uh, present every year. So you don't have to uh, feel that you have to have an abstract ready for this specific topic, but all the other um, areas are also very welcome to submit their abstract to RCMB. Fantastic. So uh, what are you looking forward to the most uh, at ATS 2019 this year? So... I mean, we just talked about a lot of research and a lot of, you know, like research topics. But if I just tell you, like, what we know already, what will happen out of RCMB, it's, it's really a lot of exciting research. So, for example, which is related to the basic science, so we will have breakthrough sessions about lung stem cells. There have been very, very recent papers highlighting new cell subpopulations, you know, like specific functions of cell populations, which I'm really excited about. But as I mentioned, the research is not only about the basic science core topics, so we will also have other topics like complement system, which really has gained interest, and we will have a scientific symposium about that. Or, for example, new mediators like extracellular vesicles, exosomes, will also be highlighted. So we have a huge variety, and that's really what I'm looking, looking for most, that I see the breadth of the research that is ongoing. And more importantly, even really to get the people together, get collaborators together, get new people within the room, you know, like with new ideas and new excitement, actually, all together to really network, to talk, to discuss, and also just to really have a very good time together. It sounds like ATS 2019 is going to be amazing. I guess so, yes. <laughs> I'm looking Dr. forward Cohen. to Dallas and our cowboyhood. <laughs> uh, Dr. Cohen, so thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us uh, at, at the podcast today. Was a pleasure, Mawa. Thanks so much for having me. See you later today, Piers.
Thank you for listening to the ATS RCMB podcast. Tune in next time for more exciting science from the ATS RCMB.